Hello everyone, this is Mrs. G's Storytime, and we are reading Treasures of the Snow by Patricia Sanjan with Moody, with the permission of Moody Publishing Company. And we are on Chapter 5, The Accident. Annette's birthday, birthday took place in March, and Danny made plans for it weeks beforehand, but nothing pleased Danny so much as giving presents. Some people might have said his presents were not worth very much, but Danny thought they were beautiful. He kept them in a secret cupboard meant for storing wood. Annette knew she must never go there and pretended to think it was full of wood chips for the stove. Already the cupboard contained a family of fir cones, painted all different colors arranged in a row. Father fir cone was red, mother fir cone was green, and there were five little fir cones painted bright yellow. And then there was a beautiful picture Danny had drawn for a piquet, the light brown cow gazing in a field of enormous blue genelians, nearly as big as himself. There was a pure white pebble and a little bracelet made from the plaited hairs of a bull's tail. And sometimes there was a chocolate stick. But it never stayed there long because Danny loved chocolate sticks and usually ate them himself after a day or two. But now the great day was nearly there. And tomorrow would be the real birthday. Danny's curly hair was full of it, and as soon as Annette had gone to school, Danny explained to his, his plan to Grandmother. She was sitting on the veranda in the spring sunshine, chopping dandelion leaves for that evening soup, when her little grandson came up and rested his elbows on her knee. Grandmother, announced Danny, I'm going up the mountain to where the snow has melted to pick Solidaris and Crocus, Crocus for Annette's birthday. I will put them on the breakfast table with all my presents. His grandmother, who hated him being out of her sight, looked doubtful. You're too little to go up the mountain alone, she replied. The slopes are slippery and you will fall into the snowdrifts. Claus will go with me, said Danny earnestly. Mother, grandmother chuckled. A lot of good she'll do you, she replied, and then gave a little shriek because Claus, without the slightest warning, had leaped into grandmother's lap and began rubbing her white head against her, purring lovingly. Claus knew we were talking about her, said Danny. She knows everything, and she's just telling you that she will look after me up on the mountain. He picked the kitten up around the middle, kissed Grandma, then stomped off down the balcony steps, singing a happy little song. Crash went his bobtailed boots, and his, his voice was, rose loud and clear. His grandmother strained her dim old eyes to watch him until he was out of sight, and then she gave a little sigh and went on with her dandelions. He was growing so big and independent, and in a very short time he must start at the infant school. He was a baby no longer. Danny trotted up the slopes, and Claus walked carefully behind him, for although she was a Christmas kitten, she hated walking in the snow. It was a beautiful spring day, and the snowdrifts on the mountains were beginning to melt. Already the fields were green beside the river in the valley, and the cows were grazing out of doors. Claus continued to pick her way until she reached the low stone wall at the edge of the field. On the other side of this wall was a rocky ravine with a rushing river at the bottom. In the summer, the rocks were like fairy gardens, with wildflowers growing up all around them, but now they were bare and brown. Claus sat on the wall and fluffed out her fur in the sunshine, and then she started to wash herself all over, which was unnecessary because she was already almost as white as snow. 
Danny wandered from yellow patch to yellow patch gathering flowers, and the, the field was bright with pale mauve crocuses and bright brumus, and then followed the winding of the stream and the grass like the pink little paths. Danny loved him for what he loved best of all were the solideras. He would not even wait for the snow to melt, but pushed right up through the frozen edges of the drifts. Their frail stems covered the ice, and their flowers like fringe mauve bells hung downward. Danny loved all beautiful things, and in this field of flowers, he was as happy as a child could be. The sun shone on him, and the flowers smiled up at him, and Danny told him himself stories about the little goblins who lived in the caves under the snow. Their beards were white, and their caps were red, and they were full of mischief. Sometimes, if there was no one looking, they came out and swung on the solidaris bells. Annette had said so. For this reason, he approached each fresh solidaris clump on the tiptoe and kept his eyes fixed on their bowed heads. That was why he never heard footsteps approaching until they were quite close. Then he looked suddenly with a start. Lucian stood close behind him with a rather unpleasant look on his face and a strange gleam of triumph in his eyes. Lucian had forgotten the slap, had not forgotten the slap that Annette had given him when Danny had screamed for help. And ever since that day, he had planned some revenge. And when he had seen Danny's little figure standing alone in the high pasture, he had hurried to the spot. Of course he would not hurt such a tiny child, but it would be fun to tease and annoy him and, and pay him back for telling tales. At last he would take, at least he would take the flowers from him. Who are you picking those for, demanded Lucian. Oh, Annette, replied Danny firmly. He had a feeling that Lucian would not like this answer, but Annette had told him that he must always speak the truth, even when he was frightened. Lucian gave a hard laugh. I hate Annette, he announced. She's proud, stuck-up show-off. But at school, she's hopeless. The little ones in the infant school are better at sums than she is, and she knows no more than her own cows. Give those flowers to me. She shall not have them. Danny was so shocked at this speech that he went bright pink and put his flowers behind his back. How could anyone hate Annette? Annette was so beautiful and so good and so clever and so wise. Danny, who had never heard of jealousy, could not understand it. You can't have them, said Danny, holding the bunch tightly in his small hands. They're mine. I shall take them, replied Lucian. You are only a baby and you can't fight against me, so I shall do as I please to you. You are a little tattletale, and I shall pay you back. He snatched the bunch roughly from Danny's grasp and flung them on the ground and trampled on them. Danny stared for a moment at the crushed solidaris and the bruised crocuses and then burst into a loud howl. He had spent the whole afternoon gathering those flowers, and now they were all wasted. Then he flung himself at Lucy and began beating him with his small fist. I shall tell my daddy, he shouted. I shall go straight home and tell him this very minute. He will come to your house and he will beat you. You are a cruel, wicked boy. Now this was not exactly what Lucian did, did not wish to happen. For like most bullies, he was cowardly and was afraid of Danny's father. Danny's father was as tall and strong as a giant, and any ill treatment of his son would certainly make him furious. Lucian held Danny firmly by the wrist to stop him punching and looked around the field, wondering what he could do to stop the little boy from telling his father. He suddenly spotted Claus sunning himself on the wall, and he had an idea. He pushed Danny away and walked quickly towards the ravine. Danny, who thought his tormentor had left, wiped away the tears with the back of his hand and began picking fresh flowers as fast as he could. 
Lucian or no Lucian, Annette's birthday table would be bright and beautiful. Suddenly, Lucian's voice came ringing across the field, and Danny looked up quickly, and what he saw made him feel quite sick for a moment. Lucian was standing by the wall, holding Claus at arm's length by the scuff of her neck, holding her right over the dark ravine with a rushing torrent of melted ice down below. Unless you come here at once and promise not to tell tales to your father, called Lucian, I shall drop your cat into the kitten into the ravine. Danny began to run, stumbling blindly over the snowdrifts, but his legs were trembling and could not run fast. The thought of Claus being carried away helpless in that swirling brown water filled him with such horror that his mouth went dry and he could not cry out. He only knew that he must get there and snatch the kitten out of the grasp of that wicked boy and never, never let it go again. Now, never let it be said here, right at the beginning of this story, that Lucian never for one moment meant to drop Claus. He was unkind and a bully, but he was not a murderer. But for Claus was not used to being but Claus was not used to being held by the scuff of the neck, and after a moment or two she began to struggle. Finding that Lucian did not let her go, she struggled more violently, and then finally, getting frantic, she did what she had never done before. She put up her front paw and gave Lucian a deep scratch. Lucian, who was watching Danny's stumbling process, was was taking was taken by surprise and let go. Claus dropped like a stone into the ravine, just as Danny, white and tearful, reached the wall. Danny did not hesitate a single moment. He gave a shriek like some small, terrified animal caught in a trap and hurled himself over the low wall. Lucian, quite paralyzed for a few seconds by what he had done, had time to grab hold of him and pull him back. Like that, everything happened in a few seconds. Claus had not fallen into the water. He had... She had struck fast on the ledge of an overhanging rock and clung there, meowing pitifully. An older child might have reached her safely and stumbled back, but Danny was only five. The surface of the rock was wet and Danny's feet slipped just as he reached his kitten. He gave another scream, a scream that haunted Lucian for years to come, and disappeared over the edge. If Lucian had not been half stupid with panic, he would have scrambled down after him and peered over into the ravine. But he believed Danny must be dead, and to see the body of a child carried away by the water down towards the waterfall was more than he could bear. He sank down on the grass in a little, limp little heap and covered his face with his arm. Had Annette seen him at that moment, even she might have realized that Lucien had certainly been punished. Danny is drowned, he moaned over and over again. I have killed him. What shall I do? What shall I do? Oh, and gradually... A cowardly idea came into his mind, and he sprang up and looked around wildly. Time was getting on, and people would soon come and look for Danny, and then they would find him, and someone would know that he was the murderer. No one so far knew that he had had done any had anything to do with the accident. If he hurried home and behaved as if nothing had happened, no one would ever know. He must escape. He ran like a hunted rabbit into the shelter of the pine wood with his heart beating furiously and his head throbbing. He dared not go home right yet, but he made his way around the lo- by lonely paths so that if anyone should see him coming, it would not look as though he had come in another direction. Every few minutes he thought he heard footsteps following and leaped around to look, but there was no one there. At last he reached his own back door, and here he stopped. No, he could not go in. He could not face his mother, who believed in him, with that dreadful secret in his heart. 
Surely she would see it in his face. He could not look at the same as before. He was a murderer. Perhaps later he would sum up the, summons up the courage to face her, but not yet, for his teeth were chattering, and she would ask what's the matter. In the meantime, he must hide. He must look around wildly for some place and saw a ladder leaning against the, the barn where the straw was stored in the attic above the cow shed. Up the ladder went Lucian and flung himself face down on the straw. He sobbed as though his heart would break. Tomorrow we'll read on chapter six, The Rescue. I love you and I'm praying for you. Bye-bye.